Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Ripper, the Teller and the Gremlin. So as always, we're going to get straight into it and do our movie and video game news. Best this bit. week, the, the best bit. Yeah, I love it. I love the news. To be fair, I also really like news. I think it is probably the best bit. I like talking about current things that are going on. Um, and speaking of current things, something that we actually talk about quite a lot uh google stadia has actually come up again in our news pieces um and i was like i would like to talk about that now so google stadia (laughs) um if you don't know is a streaming service similar to xbox x cloud and amazon's recent project uh, amazon luna and they're still yet to be positive in our news pieces (laughs) uh every week we kind of talk about them and we don't really paint them in the best of lights and this week is no different stadium is not going to dedicate like a whole episode if they actually do something good yeah just to just to make them know how well they've done but yeah this um this week is no different and we've actually got some some negativity around them to talk about again uh the creative director of stadia alex hutchinson made some some tweets that sparked backlash he basically is saying that streamers uh, should be paying the developers and publishers to be allowed to stream their game and people were very quick to disagree including google themselves who released a statement fairly quickly uh, like not so much as a retaliation to the backlash just more of a statement uh, kind of acknowledging this saying that the tweets that he made do not reflect their views uh, of google stadia google or youtube or any of their um their subsidiaries uh and yeah so everybody kind of hated this uh, this kind of these kind of tweets these negativity towards streaming essentially yeah he does come from the games industry and clearly feels like this is an issue with with the games industry, the streaming um, kind of community around yeah. games and how there is no sort of payback into the developers. And to be fair to him, I can see where he's coming from, depending on the kind of game yeah. uh, that is being brought out. Because, for example, I know there's been some games in the past that I have decided, oh, I'll just watch someone play that in place of getting the game myself. Right. due to the nature of the game so if it's like very heavily story based um maybe like a walking simulator right because it's already I can just, in the game yeah if if there's no deviation from me playing it someone else playing it i could just watch someone stream it or watch someone on youtube and just kind of uh fill the game and experience the game that way but when you consider the like the the success stories that some games have had i mean recently among us being like a really key um part of this yeah overall i think that it's just that the uh, the advantages outweigh the disadvantages in a situation like this i i think it's massively Mm short-sighted just from the fact that we can list you know Fortnite, among us full guys these games that but very much i think you could argue they owe their success as much to being good games but also to the hype that was generated by one streamer playing it and then all the streamers playing it, mm-hmm. yeah. everyone was like, I want to play this. Yeah, well, I mean, when you consider Among Us was already out. Uh, Two on, years, yeah. Yeah, and then it's it's now got this huge hype. The developers are supporting it again. They're considering doing uh, two, and then obviously we've, we've talked about that they've cancelled that just to focus on um, uh, Among Us, like the first game, the, the only game. 
it's just crazy to, to mm. think of the success story from streaming. Um, and that's all free. That's not like it's free publicity. It's free from exactly. just people loving your game. Yeah. And sharing it with each other. And, and that's kind of my like overall point is I think that uh, the streaming community is a nice way uh, for gaming to be shared with everyone. So sometimes we can't uh, afford the game and that's a good way for us to experience it, even though we can't afford it because it's free. Uh, and obviously some streamers are up and coming and they can't be paying out for licenses for every single game they want to stream. Yeah. That and I just expensive. think exactly it'd get hugely expensive. And I think that gaming as a, as a form of media is so open compared to things like music where streamers are constantly being uh, copyrighted and issued uh, DMCA's for music being in their videos that I don't want gaming to become part of that. Oh, it's copyrighted. Oh, you can't show that. Oh, that's a clip from a game. We can't show that. You know that that kind of yeah. breaks how open gaming is as mm. a as a form of media and how yeah. uh, welcoming it is. Especially but, since yeah. like you know a video game soundtrack, you can use that on anything. Like it's fair use, mm-hmm. and that's exactly. something I love. Like there's so many good soundtracks that you can just use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I want to, like, like I said, I can see where he's coming from, but overall I completely um, go the other way and think that he's just so, like you said, so short-sighted in the way Mm. he's kind of uh, talked about this. It feels to me that it really sums up just Google Stadia's whole MO of give Mm -hmm. me money. Yeah, considering he is the creative director. This is his vision of Stadia. It's just like... maybe. Google might look at this and think maybe his creative direction is a bit off. So this could be good for Stadia. Um, Kind of looking at this and then thinking, maybe we should take someone else on for the direction of, you know, how this is going to run. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So overall, I think we're all in agreement that games should be kept as this form of media that is as open as possible. Uh, Obviously we don't agree with things like piracy, but no. <laughs> in terms of copywriting, um, we think that the way it is currently with streaming and, and being able to, like you said, use music from games is so lovely of how open and welcoming it is. But yeah, do we have any more to, to say about Stadia or its employees this week? No. I think, I mean, I think our opinion's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all, we all want them to turn a new leaf. We all want them to actually do well. We've said this mm-hmm. before. But when you're coming out with stuff like this, it to me, it's just shows two things. One, you're way greedier or up there with some of the greediest gaming companies. Yep. And two, you're out of touch with everyone else in the industry. You're out mm-hmm. of touch with what Microsoft are doing, with what, you know, even Amazon are doing. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah, it is crazy. It is crazy. So we'll see how Stadia goes. As always, we'll keep you updated. Uh, But moving on to my next piece of news, and that is related to a company that Xbox has recently required, Bethesda and ZeniMax, its um, parent company. So Bethesda has been brought recently into a lawsuit worth $100 million. Uh, The case is filed by Ragnarok Game, uh, which was started in December of 2019, but they've only recently been brought into this. So basically, to give you a brief summary of what has happened, the original lawsuit targeted what was a studio called Human Head Studios for intentional sabotage of the game they were making for the publishers, Ragnarok game, Rune 2. Human Head 
apparently abandoned the game on launch and refused to hand over source code. The company closed after the game's launch and were absorbed by Bethesda, where they became part of Roundhouse Studio. So yeah. Roundhouse supposedly being formed two weeks prior to Rune yes, 2's launch. Right. Bethesda is now involved because of what is really a conspiracy. So Ragnarok uh, believed that all of this was done intentionally to protect what is the Elder Scrolls franchise. Right. And they also believe that trade secrets were given to Bethesda to show what kind of a threat Rune 2 posed. So, so yeah, essentially this is all one big conspiracy made by uh, Ragnarok game, who obviously have lost out hugely from Rune 2, from what they thought Rune 2 was going to be, from Human Head uh, essentially abandoning their project by what they've claimed uh, and ditching to go to Bethesda, which is why Bethesda are now involved in the lawsuit. So I really hope this isn't true, but it does seem a bit suspicious. Yeah. So, it's just yeah. Weird. So what do you think? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. So, so it, I agree. It seems suspicious, but I also kind of feel like uh, there's more to this story. Cause like you said, cause I, I can't remember if I believe, believe reading that they said that, um, uh, they said that that it was going under even before they they finished the release of Rune, right? Which is why Bethesda swooped in and grabbed them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I can't help but feel that Ragnarok is maybe a bit of a biased source of information. Maybe they're a bit oh, definitely. Bitter. Yeah, um, definitely. They they feel hurt by by what's happened. Obviously, they had a lot of money invested in Rune too. <laughs> but yeah, I'm mm. not sure how yeah. much. Because it does all seem very coincidental. Yeah, you know? but I also believe that Bethesda would go out of their way, especially, uh, you know, to protect Elder Scrolls. They're their cash cow, you know. I personally don't think that they need to protect it no. that much in terms of what they're claiming, the, the whole um, trade secrets. So basically, Internal sabotage and all that. Yeah, so they're, they're basically saying that they were internally sabotaging, they were giving... Um, Bethesda source code and they were they were kind of showing what the game's going to be like from internal builds that they shouldn't obviously be released in but I don't really think that Bethesda would have been that scared of Rune 2 um, mm-hmm. considering how like you said it's a cash cow like Rune 2 isn't going to make Elder Scrolls obsolete it's not going to be that way so I don't think that Bethesda would have done all this shady stuff just for a game like Rune 2. I mean, I'd never personally heard of Rune 2 till now. No, to be fair, I hadn't. And that's why it's kind of like, would they really have done all this? Um, So, not sure. I hope it isn't true. I'd hate to think of Bethesda as this shady company that, you know, are sabotaging other companies to to keep themselves ahead. But Microsoft have a lot of uh, pain to deal with now with this $100 million lawsuit. I, I saw this meme where it was like, Bethesda running to Microsoft and being like, Daddy, I did an oopsie. <laughs> it literally feels like that. So hopefully this can all be resolved. And honestly, I'm on the side of Bethesda, which I probably shouldn't be if Ragnarok are in the right, because they yeah. are obviously a smaller um, publisher. But yeah, we'll see how that case goes and we'll keep you updated again on that. And for my last piece of news, um, it was just something I wanted to talk about, really. Microsoft, through MSN, which I can't believe is still a thing. 
uh, I kind of haven't heard the, the term MSN in such a long time. Have any of you used MSN? I remember the days no. of MSN. But... Yes, that's what I mean. I remember just like being being back in like, you know, You're starting secondary yeah. school. Yeah, <laughs> being, being a young teenager and using MSN. But yeah, so basically MSN is still a thing. And it has launched a new esports hub. And I just think it's really cool, which is like why I'd like to talk about it on here. So personally, I really like esports because I don't like normal sports, but I love competition and games. So I enjoy watching esports uh, for games that e- even I might not even play. So esports has always been something I've really enjoyed and tried to get into for loads of different things. And I've always found that getting into esports scenes was always quite a weird and difficult thing you didn't always know when things were going on and you'd have to specifically go out and look at like try and find out information for yourself but this uh msn esports hub is essentially a hub that includes several games with relevant information about each things such as uh current and upcoming events and uh news from each of the esports scenes streams from players which is like really cool to build new communities obviously you you might be really into a game and then you might find a streamer on there that is really awesome and i, I just think that overall microsoft didn't have to do something like this but i think it's such a good healthy thing for esports as an up-and-coming thing um and i just hope they continue to update it and add new titles so I was, yeah so what, what do you guys think i i really love this um like I say i i think it's just it's a great way for 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 because because i i'd consider myself sort of a casual fan of of events and mm-hmm. uh you know i don't watch a lot of gaming but esports but I, I like to know what's going on and i and i i love taking part in the in-game events which is a big part of it right um yeah. and for, for me to have somewhere that's literally just on the home screen one click and it tells me everything every mm-hmm. month I think it's amazing. I I just I just love how accessible it is and how boom the information's there. Exactly, it's like, so great. good. It, it, everything you could possibly want is there from what like because I went and um, checked it all out. I'm a massive fan of the Overwatch League, so I know like everything going on in there. And I was, I like went into the Overwatch section to make sure that they had everything there. And the Overwatch League is currently off season, so I couldn't really test that. But they have everything past so they have every so you can go and find out everything that has happened in previous seasons um which is awesome like if you're trying to get in like i said i found it really hard for games that i wasn't too sure about to to find their esports scene and it it was always a case of like well where do i go and and for some unknown reason some esports scenes aren't advertised by the the game developers so you'd go on like their websites and they wouldn't have anything about them uh, because oh. they treat it as a separate thing yeah because it's sometimes also run through external uh like tournaments and companies yeah. so it's so cool for microsoft to have made a place where you can just go and you can just uh like you know find a, an esport that you will enjoy and just especially in in this at this time where esports are getting even more popular because of how difficult it is to run normal sports yeah so more, yeah, more cool. people are, are taking up like esports are looking to get into esports and um, and yeah, there's there's so many games on there. There's games from like like I said, Overwatch, uh, League of Legends, uh, Rocket League. So you've you've got a game for everyone really. And I just hope they start to add uh, new titles. And obviously, when new titles do release, add those onto there. Um, I mean, they are quite up to date though. So like Valorant's on there. So you've yeah. got like games that are quite quite new with their scene. 
I just think it's really cool overall. And I, I, I'm just really impressed to see Microsoft just do something out of, yeah. you know, because obviously it's free. There's, there's no like price to get into it. It's just a website. So yeah. it's really nice to see Microsoft like say, spending and, time and, then and it, funds. And then you've got the portal, which is in beta on, on the Xbox, right? As an app, yeah. um, which I, I, I love, like, you know, like I say, and I just think it just keeps going to show that Microsoft, uh, uh, considering once upon a time, they were very anti-consumer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It just it just feels like everything they're doing at the minute is trying to build this community, trying to make gaming better. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, you know, I really respect it at the minute. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that, that's why I'm so impressed. No, I just wanted to bring it up. But yeah, that is my three pieces of news for the week. So I believe Jack has some news for us now. Yeah, I'm going to uh, try Lord and present Crank. my news. Yeah, I'm going to try and present my news. Uh, you probably noticed I haven't said much uh, so far. It's just because I've been trying to save my voice to muster up the strength to do this. Um, so I apologise. Yeah, I apologise for the, uh, the if it does cut out or sound terrible or I need to horrendously cough down the microphone. Um, but I'll try and keep it to a minimal. Um, so yeah, my, I just want to say quickly with the last thing you was talking about, um, about people trying to get into esports. I feel like every game that comes out that's new, I start playing and go, I'm good at this. I'm going to be an esports player at this. And then I realised <laughs> I'm nowhere yeah. as good as any of the real esports players out there. And I'm like, actually, I'm not an esports player. <laughs> um, I was just thinking about it when you were saying about that. Um, but anyway, so moving on to my news for today, I'm going back to something I talked about again uh, before on the podcast. And that is Uncharted, the movie. We have finally had some uh, some other photographs and a bit more news about the movie. Obviously, they're underway with the filming. We got photos of Tom Holland dressed in Nathan Drake clothing. And that's the first thing I want to talk about, really. I wanted to see, there's, I believe, some mixed opinions about it. So I just wanted to get each of your opinions on it quickly before we move on. Um, what did you think? You must so have I- seen it. I've seen one of the images. Uh, is there only one image? Because I've seen there's the one main image of Tom Holland. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. A, I've, I've seen that. I, I thought he actually looked really good. Mm. I, w- I was like, Chris? oh yeah, Nathan Drake. There he is. That's mm. fine. Chris. <laughs> so I, 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 I think it's good. I think it's as probably as good as live action you'll get. Um, yeah. And and obviously you know, I I kind of see where they're coming from from this argument. It looks like. You know, not bad cosplay. Then a few of the comments I saw weren't bad cosplay. They just say it looks like cosplay, and mm. and I get that to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's only so much you can do with it. No, yeah. it's like yeah. a Henley shirt and jeans. It's, it's not. It's. Do you know what? I I would actually say my opinion on it is that it looks fantastic. I think it yeah. looks great. See, that's um, what I. And it, yeah, it's, no, it for me, for great. me, it's 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 the spot on of how I picture Nathan Drake. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think exactly. he even looks like he's got the hair right. I know that sounds really weird, but he he looks like he could be definitely a young Nathan Drake. I think the outfit's spot on, but maybe it's so spot on that it looks like cosplay because right. because it, no, it like, hasn't. Do you know what I mean? Maybe because because it's yeah because the exact same as it is in the, the the it's even on the case I think for Uncharted Three is when he's wearing that I'm pretty sure and yeah. it looks so down to the mark that it almost looks like a dress up outfit if you know what I mean. So I kind of do understand why fans would think that. 
Mm-hmm. But equally, like you say, what more are they supposed to do with it? You know, you can't get yeah. more spot on than that. And it, and that is Nathan Drake. That's how you you know him. So I don't mm-hmm. know if it's just because a lot of fans. I think a lot of fans have. I think half the fans have sort of gone. Okay, mm. I can buy that this is young Nathan Drake, mm-hmm. right? And I think for a lot of fans, it hit home with that doesn't look like my Nathan Drake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like yeah. he does look like him, but not. Not the spitting image, right? No, 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 of course not. That makes no. sense. No, I know, obviously, yeah, there, there is the aspect of that Tom Holland is a lot younger than Nathan Drake is in those games. You know, he's he's like a, I would say, I don't know, he's in his, in his, in his like 30s, he, he's, slash late 30s. Uh, he's the same age as us, I'm pretty sure. Who, Tom Holland? Yeah, I think he, no, he's like 22. I think he's a year younger than us. Yeah, I mean, like, Nathan Drake in the games. I just told everyone our age or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mine's not the same. But but either way, I liked it. And this moves me on to my second point. We have an episode specifically named after Mark Wahlberg um, and Sully and the casting of that that choice. Mm -hmm. We got, I don't know what chris had seen when he wrote the news thing maybe it's the same thing i had seen but what i saw was a quick facetime call with mark Wahlberg. um is that what you'd seen chris yeah and the screen of the town oh, yeah so basically i saw this little little 10 second 15 second video and basically some guy facetimes mark Wahlberg, and he answers the facetime and he's got the moustache and the first thing they say is, is that your outfit as Sully? Is that your costume for Sully in the Uncharted movie? And he goes, don't ask, don't ask. And then he hangs up and that's pretty much it. But it's it just good. still weird. It looks good, but it's still like it, the moustache is like the main thing for that character. And I know that sounds weird, but it is. And mm. I kind of think he rocks it still somehow. I'm not sure how, yeah. but he does. I, I mean, I mean, it's still just Marky Mark with a moustache. With a moustache, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, but uh, he looks cool. Mustacheth maketh man. Um, but yeah, no, like it does look cool. And I kind of want to see him in full costume. Like as in, are mm-hmm. they going to style him just like Sully from the games? Or are they going to adapt it because he's obviously supposed to be younger as well? So yeah. do, do you know what I mean? Do you reckon it will stay mm-hmm. true or not? Because we're already a bit shocked by Marky Mark, but uh, could get I worse. I, I think they're definitely they, uh, they'll probably try to keep aspects of his character but mm. i think they'll probably show a different man a man who's not as, well n- not as seasoned and not quite mm. he's he, i think he's going to go on a journey in these movies to become the sully that we see sully in the game know. right yeah mm-hmm. the, the thing is, is is if it's mark Wahlberg, there's got to be sully in some action sequences i mean you can't have mark Wahlberg in a film oh he's, he's throwing his involved. shirt off mate you, the shirt's coming off in that movie <laughs> you know it <laughs> but um, I don't really appreciate the fact that Colt looked at me like that and I said Mark Wahlberg's taking his shirt off makes me feel what did she give you she gave you the side okay. eye she looked at me and gave me this like smile of approval <laughs> can't blame her I guess you know I can't blame her no um, but anyway so yeah I mean more news hopefully we'll follow on Uncharted uh, and hopefully we'll get some I can't wait for a trailer to be honest I really yeah. want to see a trailer for this movie but one thing mm-hmm. before we move on with these that we have to do we have to take this as undeniable truth that someone important on that movie set watches the podcast yeah, saw because, our whole our whole rant yeah. about the mustache <laughs> and was like don't worry we'll fix it 
he's getting a moustache. They went, <laughs> Mark, can you grow a moustache? And he went, yeah, why? And they went, okay, because if not, we're going to have to CGI one on. The director um, was listening and went, oh, write that down. Write that down. Write that down. So he does have a moustache. They're right. <laughs> They saw Chris's artwork for um, Sally and uh, and Mark Wahlberg in that photo. And <laughs> they, they were like, we'll just make the moustache black instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, moving on to the next bit of news for me today, which is something I am personally really excited about. It is only a rumour for now, but there is talks of Star Wars The Force Unleashed 3 being Ooh. made. I know, and that is so exciting. So... It's coming from the success that Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order had. Um, mm-hmm. EA is saying that they're interested in obviously focusing more on their single player games, which I think is in itself a great bit of news. And also, who thought EA would ever say that? I know, because <laughs> they can't. I mean, do you reckon they'll still try and squeeze microtransactions into the story? Well, they didn't Probably. in Fallen Order, and it sold no. hotcakes. <laughs> Was that I mean, I love, I love Fallen Order so much. Yeah, yeah me too. One of their best-selling like, games in years. Yeah. I feel like there would have been something. No, there isn't. You can't, you can't buy anything in Fallen Order. You can but, buy but, like some pre-order bonuses. Yeah. Um, oh, but they even they, they did a huge free update with loads of free skins, didn't they? Like a year after the game came out. Oh right. Which okay. Is well, so, yeah. Like, not EA yeah, style. Not EA. <laughs> but but like this is really exciting for me because I think the Fallen Order is a great game anyway, and I was always excited because I believe they are making a sequel to Fallen Order as well, and said that they want to kind mm-hmm. of explore those games going onwards. But at the same time, it would be cool for them to make a full, uh, Force Unleashed three because Force Unleashed the first one was like iconic to my childhood, and the second one I'll be honest. I did like it. Don't get me wrong; it was amazing, but I don't really recall it as well as the first one. Yeah. The first and one is a masterpiece. <clears throat> it is a masterpiece, especially for its time. Uh, so the fact that they talks of a third game, if they really capitalise down on the what the old ones were and kind of apply next gen technology and everything like that, uh, they could just be incredible mm-hmm. it could be yeah. such a good game and i love the fallen order and i love what was different about that as well and maybe implementing elements of that as well would have a really great impact on it and yeah. there's obviously the, the this is just a rumor for, for now and if it is true then it would be in obviously very early stages so we'll just have to watch this space and see what happens but the, the last thing i'll say on it yeah. is that um this is something actually chris has mentioned but he he wants to mention that ea you need to reboot the cancelled Darth Maul game that uh, was originally meant to be work- being made uh, because, so if EA, if you listen to this podcast, you need <laughs> to do what um, what Uncharted movie have done and listen to us. Yeah. And and as Microsoft listen every day and, and update Game Pass. Mm. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, they do because, yeah, they, every time Bradley says about it, they're on it. But, yeah, so, I mean, we're all in mutual so, agreement, right? I've got, I've got one quick question, though. Mm-hmm. For you guys, and, and that's that the old Star Star, um, the old Force Unleashed games mm-hmm. are not canon to Star Wars anymore, right? Um, so, so in, in the continuity, they didn't happen, they're a part of Legends, right? Um, which is all the Star Wars material that Disney just mm-hmm. don't want, right? Um, so I, I wonder the question is, do you think they're going to make the third one an official sequel to two? And just have it be a Legends, have it be in a Star Wars alternate take, 
Mm. Or do you think they'll reboot it and put Starkiller within the actual canon? Like, like give him a new story and put him in the actual Disney world of Star Wars? Mm, interesting question. I don't know, in all honesty. I don't know what I would like, and I don't really know if I... Either way, I don't think I would mind. Uh, it's a hard question to answer. I, I, I just think, want the third I, one, to be honest. I, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I just want a third <laughs> one as well. But but like, yeah. I don't even because I don't remember two very well. I don't really remember where his story ends. Like to be honest with you, they left uh, it open ended. Yeah, with him capturing I, Vader. I think that AEA like the fact that they're canon. And and they're going to be like, oh yeah, no, this is a reboot where it is canon, and we've been, you know, officially told that yeah. it's allowed to be canon. Yeah, I, I think they like that. I think they like the fact that they can say that, adding to the Star Wars. Yeah, and Star Killer being canon would be amazing. Make me so happy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, probably well, we're all in agreement that we just sit and wait for a number three to come out. Yeah, mm-hmm. another Fallen Order game. And if this is yeah. just a dirty rumor, we're all going to be very upset. Oh, we will be so so upset. <laughs> Like the fact that we're still waiting for Splinter Cell announcement. <laughs> <laughs> we're still waiting for for Sam Fisher after that god awful short film, that uh, short clip that came out. Um, zero. But yeah, <clears throat> agents. Yeah, call me Zero. Anyway, um, <laughs> my last bit of news today, another bit of gaming news for you. It's with regards to a game. I'm not sure if we've talked about this on this podcast before, which I don't think we have. Uh, it's uh, goes by the name of Scorn. Now, Scorn, every time I see anything about this game, all I get, the same like headlines, same sub-headlines with whatever video slash attachment is with it, it's always being labelled as this gory horror experience that's like not like much else. I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I'm kind of interested to talk to you both about this because... I've watched the gameplay on the Xbox Series X. Uh, there was like a 14-minute gameplay clip. Um, I've seen the original trailers, all sorts. And this just doesn't doesn't sell for me. I don't know why. And, and for someone who likes horror and likes gore and things like that, I just think it's lacking something. And I, I'm not really sure. I, I want to know what you guys think, and then I'll, I'll go over my, my problems with it or my issues. Bradley? Well, I mean, I Scorn has been like kind of in development for so long. Mm-hmm. I can't remember when it was first like announced. It feels like forever ago, though. It does, yeah, yeah. I just remember seeing these really, really early things, and and I was kind of like, "This is weird," and and like that was kind of it. And then it was like the gameplay, the first mm-hmm. gameplay I remember seeing. Yeah. I, again, I was like, "Oh, this is that weird game." And then I watched the gameplay, and I was like, "It's still weird." <laughs> And like, yeah. I've never been, like, I'm not a massive horror fan because it kind of just bores me most of the time. Mm-hmm. But I, it has always kind of been there as an intriguing thing for me, just kind of how weird it is. Um, I don't think I would ever play it, but, yeah. but that's just personally because I've never been into that genre. But mm-hmm. I do think if I was going to play a, a horror game, I'd definitely be more inclined to picking up something like this because it is weird because I like that about it. But I can see what you mean, lacking in something, because I'll, I'll go I'll go over it after I hear what Chris thinks, and then I'll go over what what it was for me that that made me think that. But because that's go, all I have to say about it, which, yeah. which so clearly it is lacking in something. Obviously, you'll go into it, but but obviously, yeah. all I think of it is it's weird, it's strange. It is very weird, yeah, definitely. And that's very all I've got for it. But yeah, so what do you? But what about you, Chris? 
Well, I knew nothing about this um, until I, you know, I was writing the news and it just popped up IGN uh, Scorn gameplay. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll, I'll give it a watch. You look, the, the thumbnail was really what grabbed me. I was like, well, that artwork's awesome. Um, and then I started watching it and I was like, okay, so it's like an atmospheric horror survival game, kind of meets Doom, but without the super soldier, just with like the hell guns. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I'm watching it, and and I I, I generally thought a lot of the, the the design and the layout and the way the world sort of pulsated and um, was like a, a living hellscape. It, it, it I generally yeah. thought it was quite um, not terrifying, not scary, just creepy, just sort of made me slightly uncomfortable, but. I like the idea of this Doom-esque shooter that really leans into the horror. Mm. So while I didn't really see anything in the gameplay trailer that sold me, just going yeah. off the concept and the art design, I, yeah. I, I'm really intrigued. And I'm pretty sure this is going to Game Pass. Um, oh, really? Yeah, well, it's, it's uh, being developed exclusively for the Xbox, isn't it? So oh, is it? For, the, for the Series X. So oh, it's, it's like there are the, the studios now owned by Microsoft. Right. <laughs> so I'd be very shocked if it didn't go to go Game, um, Pass. Game Pass. Uh, I might be lying. I might be making this up, but I swear I read this. Well, if you let Bradley say it, it will end up in there. So um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Scorn is going to Game Pass. You could turn around tomorrow and you can look into it and be like, yeah, no, Chris, they're not in Microsoft. But I, I swear I read that. Um, I, and, and if that, you know, is true, yeah. the game I would play in a heartbeat on Game Pass. Mm. I'm not sure yeah, if it's on Game Pass, I'd yeah. buy it, but I'd it definitely is coming play to Day Pass. One Game Pass. Yeah. Well, so look, for, for me, um, the, the way I see it is, obviously, of the three of us, I... And the one who will draw to horror games anyway. Um, you're right. The, it is it's stunning. Uh, it looks great. The game looks incredible. It's made to make you feel uncomfortable and a bit grossed out and weird. And I like that. But for me, the issues I have with it are that the game looks great. It's got a great design. It does feel slightly Doom-esque. And I like that. I, what I didn't like was watching the gameplay. It feels like since the announcement, every time I've seen any kind of clips of it or gameplay or anything like that, it's looked the exact same. And mm -hmm. I sat and watched this 14-minute clip. And in actual fact, throughout that 14 minutes, all I really watched the person do was reload these gross-looking guns that reload in such okay. horrendous-looking ways that make you feel a bit weird <laughs> and shoot a couple of what looked like big slugs or caterpillars. And it wasn't... It was... Everything felt like it was slowed down to, like, slow motion almost. Like, even the aiming and shooting. And for me, mm -hmm. I was just like... All I've really watched this guy do is he keep... There's, like, these things as well to, like proceed you need to plug the gun into little console things that unlock the next like area or whatever or close a barrier or open a barrier or whatever and i felt like that's all i really watched him do he it was like walk around slowly look at the world around you mm -hmm. plug your gun into this move to the <laughs> next bit shoot a slug thing and i know that and i know that the enemies in the game aren't all hostile 
And I read yeah. this thing that, that I was like, okay, that's quite interesting. So it said like everything you encounter is not dangerous or not out to get you. And depending on how you react to those things depends on what happens after and how the, the, it affects the gameplay and stuff. So, okay, that's quite interesting. But from what I'm seeing, it just looks like if you took Doom Guy, stripped him of the armor and said, right, you know, you're used to running a hundred miles an hour. Instead, you're going to run at 0.2 now yeah. instead and it's like am i gonna is this game just very pretty in the sense of how it how well it's made and how well it runs and everything like that and in actual fact gameplay wise is it going to be just really slow and dull like just walking through a simulator and shooting the occasional thing or or are we just being held off do you know what i mean like or are they just not showing us because they want it to be a surprise mm-hmm. so, so what you're saying <clears throat> is it's doom guy simp edition <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like not Doom Guy, it's just Guy. Like and, and that, that yeah, it's like it's like Guy Doom instead of or Guy's Doom. Yeah, yeah, like it's just do you know what I mean? And that for me is my concern is that I would have initially on the, the first description of that game, I'd have gone to it hundred percent because it's something that make, like grabs my interest. Watching it makes me think it's lacking um What's the word? Like it's lacking in its sense of gameplay. And it's I, I'm not sure. Type thing. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, the only thing they seem to have hit spot on from what they're showing, unless they are just holding that stuff back, what they've really hit spot on is making you feel a bit gross and uncomfortable. And the way the world is designed does that perfectly. And I think that's mm-hmm. that's obviously their main focus, which is great. I just hope there's more to the game than what we've seen, because those 14 minutes my god it fell out an hour and and all i really did was watch some guy walk around and just keep keep ripping this gun in half and loading weird looking things inside it and i was just like this makes me feel just like i don't want to eat anything (laughs) 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 but yeah that that's that's all i have to say about really i mean you know we'll wait and see and maybe if it's on the game pass i'm sure i'll give it a go but i don't know i don't know i don't know i wouldn't i don't think any of us by the sounds of it would buy it and I think that's kind of the concern for me about this game selling. <clears throat> yeah, that's fair. Anyway, yeah, but anyway, that's pretty much me done for the news. So I can give my voice a little break for a bit uh, and I can pass it over to Chris. Oh, okay, cool. Well, um, I've got some some bits and bobs today. Um, I'll start with my um, movie television stuff. And uh, the first little bit we got was, uh, we, we, this is, I'm, I'm kind of confused because some outlets have said this is official and some outlets have said this is a rumor. So just take this with a grain of salt while we try and figure out what's actually going on. But um, it's reported that Ben Affleck has signed uh, to do a HBO series as his Batman. Okay. At, and in the in the report, um, it, it mentioned how they want it to really harken back to the way he is in Batman v Superman, uh, mm-hmm. ignoring the ways he is treated in Justice League, and have him be this grizzled veteran Batman who is, you know, very, um, you know, just sort of he, he's he's almost done with the world, right? He's been through so much. He's seen so much. And they said that's going to be a big focus. And the second focus is they want every action sequence to emulate the warehouse fight scene in Batman v Superman. Mm, Which is the best. Yeah. (laughs) 
So that would be uh, that's that's for me because I really like his old brooding Batman. And if they brought the action as well, I I think it could be phenomenal. If it, I mean, and it, it sounds like they're really going to give it the budget. Like this could have a movie budget, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this might actually interest Jack actually because the, the same article states that the series will have a lead focus on Jared Leto's Joker mm. and his relationship with, with Ben Affleck's Batman. And we, we know from Batman v Superman that Jared Leto killed uh, Dick Grayson, uh, killed Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because there's a short glimpse of Batman walking in the cave and he stops to look at Robin's costume, which has all the Joker graffiti on it and... He's yeah. all messed up. Um, and apparently that, that dynamic will, will really play a, a very heavy role in, in the series. Okay. It'll, for me, it'll be interesting to see that as well because it's interesting when Ben Affleck's Batman is so old and grizzled and Jared Leto's Joker is like the young Prince of Gotham. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's a, in comparison to the dark knight where heath ledger and batman are kind of believable they're around the same sort of age um yeah. it, it'd be interesting to see that dynamic definitely as well of a young energetic chaotic lunatic who's all flash and you know flash yeah. and blingy versus the old grizzly batman who is breaking limbs and not caring about anything anymore <laughs> yeah and i just i i think it I really, really love. Um, I'm trying to think the name of the arc um, where, because obviously in, in the DCEU they swapped out, um, they swapped out Red Hood. Um, what's his name? Um, they swapped out the second Robin, Jason Todd, for Dick mm-hmm. Grayson dying. Right, which to be honest, yeah. <clears throat> from a story standpoint, I, I know it's still impactful when the second Robin dies, but Dick Grayson is really the favourite. He's really the, you know, the the true son of Batman, like sort of a lot of the comics sort of say. So for, to to have maybe them say that was really the his death was really the straw that made Ben Affleck's Batman so dark, mm-hmm. and for them to to focus in on that, and if they do flashbacks and they do this whole, um, you know storyline that i really love i really love the because you have that freeway dynamic and you have this just it's just a tragedy right it's this one thing that this man latches onto that gives him hope and then the joker takes that away from him as well yeah of course and and we never really got to see leto and um and ben affleck's batman really hate each other and really like go at it and i think as much as a lot of people hate Leto's Joker, I think we really need to give him the chance to, to, to try, to just give it a go and see, because I think they're both phenomenal actors and if they both bring it, which I think they could, I think it could really change the way we, we, see both the, those actors as yeah, their respective he, characters he, he needs to be given the chance Jared Leto because I feel like it's he was made to play this Joker in such a different way to how each Joker before has been played. And people give him a lot of stick for it. But to be honest, we didn't get enough of him to actually judge it. And we didn't get him in an environment where 
he was the main focus. And I yeah. think he hasn't had his time to shine in that. And I think in actual fact, you'll get all these people who hate him and there'll be people who even after this might hate him still. But I think more people will be like, actually, do you know what? He was really convincing and good in that. Um, because as you said, he actually is a really good actor. He's and... an amazing actor. <clears throat> he won an Oscar. Yeah. yeah. And and Ben Affleck, I, I still think that performance in Batman v Superman, there's moments in that performance where I'm like, oh, you're so good. And I know it that is, movie yeah. is, it is laughed at and there's lines where he seems ridiculous and, and that's warranted. But there is dialogue, like the dialogue where he's talking about how Superman could destroy the planet and, and the emotion that Ben Affleck brings. And you believe him so wholeheartedly that you're convicted to this fight. And there's moments where I'm like, that's kind of why Ben Affleck's my favourite Batman. Mm. And I know that's probably a very unpopular sentiment. It probably is, but, but I can also see it. And you're, you're forgetting the, the, the coolest fact is that, that scene where he's training as well, he looks like an absolute beast. Yeah, I just, to, to me, I, I really love the old grizzled Batman. And I mm. really love the big bulky Batman. Yeah, so to yeah, me, yeah. he embodied both of those things. And yeah, I know yeah. that it'll be interesting to see how they handle guns and killing. Because obviously, if you watched Batman v Superman and Justice League, he kind of just uses guns and fights. He, he's kind of gone yeah. almost punishery. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if, if they maybe, after his interactions with Superman, they say, you know, he's trying to... Because I think it'd be interesting to have him trying to turn a new leaf and, and cut all that extreme violence out only to have certain moments where he snaps and goes back to it mm -hmm. because he's been pushed by the Joker. And I think that would fit his Batman really well, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. But obviously this is all just conjecture and me just dreaming up my amazing imaginary Batman <laughs> situation. Theory. Yeah. But I, 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 I hope this is true. It, it looks to be legitimate. Um, and I just, I just can't wait to see what they do. And I'm really excited. And if you, if you really dislike these interpretation of these characters, I would just say I really hope you would at least just give the series a shot. And mm. then if you hate the series, then you can continue Fair to enough. rag on the actors. Yeah. But yeah, did, did you guys have any, any, any different thoughts or anything to add? No, no I'm in agreement with you. I, I think it could, it could be fantastic. And mm -hmm. I think as well, just what you said, what I said a minute ago, the, the actors should be given a chance again. And I think, to be honest, I think a lot of people would be surprised. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so I'll move on to the second bit of my news then. Uh, I've got some, some James Bond No Time to Die news, mm. which is very interesting um, because as we know, we've talked back and forth how if you look at Tenant releasing a movie now, you're, even if it makes money, it's not going to make what it would a year ago, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and potentially you're looking at flop. Like who would have thought a Christopher Nolan movie when all no. prior <clears throat> installments had done so well, would, would flop. Flop, I know. You know? It, even his mm -hmm. obscure movies have done well. Like, it's insane. Um, and, and because of that, really, it's reported that first Netflix, then Amazon, and then Apple TV all approached um, the, the owners of, of Bond, 
and said, look, you're, you're not going to make much in the cinemas uh, and holding off is hurting you financially. So sell to us and we'll stream it. We'll put it mm-hmm. on our platforms. And can Makes you sense. take a guess at how much they wanted? Um, hundreds of millions. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Bradley, you got, you got a figure? No, yeah, it's got to be more than that. Surely. Come so, on. So, so the creators, uh, you know, the, the rights holder of Bond wanted for Bond to go to one of the streaming platforms. They said, right, you can have it, but we want 600 million. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, and, this is, and this isn't even to have this forever. This is a year license. Oh, what a joke. Yeah. So you All get of a sudden he's got time to die. For a year. <laughs> I, I mean, I have two minds of this because, you know, I, I, I was reading that Netflix's turnover during Corona, during the... Um, Probably being on this extortion, has, hasn't it? I think I read that it was close to 38 billion. Wow. Because of everyone being stuck inside and everyone pretty much bought Netflix across the world, Jesus. right? Mm-hmm. So part of me is like 600 million is kind of a drop in the ocean for you. Mm-hmm. If that's your turnover from like whatever, however, from a couple of months during lockdown. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, as much as I actually think this is a, is a good deal because, you know, if it had released a couple, you know, a year ago, it could have made 800 million, maybe even a billion as Craig's last outing. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they need to negotiate because I, I don't feel like it would make 600 million if they released it in cinemas. I generally no. don't. No, not at the minute. Do you, do you agree or do you think? I not- agree 100%, 100%. I think I think I think it's actually not a bad shout to be honest to go to streaming services, but I don't know. Like you said, I don't think it would make that much um, in cinemas. Uh, I don't know. Just because of the way the world is at the minute. Yeah, exactly. and I think even next year, if things are more looking up, I still think cinemas still think will be would. slow. Yeah. Um. So so here's a question for you: Out of the streaming giants, where would you like it to go? <clears throat> Netflix. <laughs> yeah. I oh, really Prime. Oh, Amazon. Or Amazon Prime, yeah. I was kind of like I could see I could see Bond going to Amazon, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really but... see Bond on Netflix to be honest. I think that's a bit weird, but yeah, Amazon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it sounds stupid. <laughs> They've got you know brands. what I mean, don't you? Yeah. You don't imagine scrolling through Netflix and seeing Bond on there, do you? Mm. No. No. But but yeah, you know, I, I think it's a shame. Um and Apparently, at one stage, you know, all of the streaming services were talking, were in talks, but they just, it's reported that the talks have completely fallen through. And um, at the minute, you know, it's just, it's dead in the water and they're, they're going to hold off and, and release it next year. Mm-hmm. Well, um, best of luck to them. But, but yeah, I mean, maybe they'll reconsider it. The, the thing will be, I think if, if, if DC released like say Wonder Woman and Marvel released something because they just finished Shang-Chi and they've got Black Widow sitting there, if they release any of those movies and they flop, then I think the Bond license owners might be like, well, maybe we could go down to 500 million. 
you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah. start chipping it away a bit. But but we'll have to to see what sort of happens with with cinema, right, going forward. Yeah. But I just thought that was a really interesting little bit of a uh, little bit of news. Uh, and then I shall move on to my last piece of news, which I have actually not surprising probably anyone on this podcast. I'm going to talk about Halo. Ooh. And uh, I, I, I knew that would not surprise anyone, frankly. One day the Halo news will dry up. I mean, you know, I, there's been weeks without it, but I mean, <laughs> it has popped up a lot. Um, and we, we got two really big bits of information about Halo Infinite. And the first bit is a bit that I'm actually quite upset about. And that's that we found out that we're not going to be able to pick the colours of our Spartan like you would in the old games. Mm. Did, did you guys hear about this? I did hear about this, yeah. Yeah, mm. so <clears throat> bizarrely, they seem to be heading down a shaders route. Um, and if you're wondering what that is, if you've played Destiny you'll know that they're like color shaders. So, you know, a big one in Destiny is like white, gold, and purple, or like red, uh, blue, and white. Like, it's it's usually three or four colors and randomly sort of applied, right? Well, not randomly. They, A lot of them in Destiny do look stunning. Mm-hmm. But it's not Halo. And it. I feel like it really limits your personal connection to your Spartan because that was one of my favorite aspects of the older games was, was selecting the colors of my armor. Mm -hmm. And if anything, they needed to go more in depth and let you like color different body parts and go wild. Right. Um, Yeah. It's a bit of a shame. So, so it sort of makes me worried because this kind of feels like it's done because of microtransactions Mm. because you'll get that's what i was thinking yeah um in bundles or in boxes or whatever because they've said before that they want this halo game to be around for 10 years wow they're going to support it for apparently 10 years and it is infinite and you won't see another you'll probably get spin-off halos but you won't see another mainline game for 10 years unless this does horribly and then they're like oh we're gonna do another one in three years you know, <laughs> infinite like two. um but yeah it's just uh, it does worry me and i don't hate i don't hate um shaders i just don't think it fits halo and i don't think the community's happy because there was nothing wrong with the old system it just needed like to give us even more option in how we select our colors right Mm -hmm. i i I don't know if you guys completely agree with me or if you've got any yeah no i do agree i agree i I loved you know what i'm like when it comes to customizing just look at anthem so you know what i would have been like with halo so it is a bit of a shame to be honest but at the end of the day it's not something that's gonna you know push me away from the game so yeah i'll just crack on I mean, we'll, we'll still play it and stuff, and I'm sure we'll yeah. love it. And, you know, I'm still holding out hope that we'll get a Halo Reach-esque mm. um, armor customization system, yeah. which they said they were really heavily inspired by, and they, saw, they, they said, you know, we saw from the, the Reach remaster how much people love this system. So at the end of the day, if we get a crazy in-depth 
I can customize the different parts of my legs, the different parts, all, all this like reach on steroids and then mm-hmm. like shaders. I, I think maybe I could accept the sacrifice of not <laughs> being able to color it and then just having cool paint jobs that I stick on my custom armor. Yeah. But I, I still, there's a part of me, like the old school part of me that's like, I don't like it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll talk about the the last bit of news that I think is something that I, I know Bradley will be very excited about. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. that's that we, we got, it was, I think it was a leak from Reddit actually. Um, so, you know, again, we always take leaks with a pinch of salt, but it looks like if this is believed that invasion is going to make a massive return in Halo Infinite. Yes. And this time, it's not brute. It's not elite V Spartans. It's the banished. It's brutes V Spartans. Mm-hmm. And they've said that it's going to have way more. Well, the leak says it's going to have way more players than the original invasion. You know, it's going to have all the, the, the. You know, we've talked about before how apparently this is the biggest Halo sandbox. So imagine uh, a Halo invasion game in the biggest sandbox with all these crazy wacky vehicles and power weapons and you know, probably like 20, maybe more players per side. Like, it, if this is true, I think it, it will be my favourite game mode. Oh, same. Uh, it's just, I just put a smile on my face just thinking about it. Just having loads of players. And just, because it was, with um, the game mode, it was kind of objective as well. That was the kind of point. You push an objective, you know, yeah, it might be... Like capture uh, the spire or get the generator. Yeah, exactly. And I love, like, uh, delivering the core imagine that on these massive maps with like loads of people like chasing you down in these vehicles and you're just trying to get this core to where it needs to go and and things like that it just it sounds like it could be amazing and i think it would be such a waste for them to not do anything like that at this point um, yeah if this was when a they've seen the success of the reach remaster like you said they've looked at people who uh, love the customization options but but they should also be seeing that people love the game modes in it so yeah and i'm really really hoping that they do do yeah. something with this we, it'd we've be such it's such a waste, especially if they're supporting it for all these years to come it'd be such a waste to not do something like that yeah and like you say if they're doing it for 10 years you could literally have an invasion game mode you could have a battle royale part mm-hmm. you could have all these different stuff and just keep giving free updates to add different content to different parts if it's yeah, 10 years exactly. like this could be the the biggest and you know best multiplayer halo ever sees right if they do mm-hmm. it right because that's the thing you could do so much with this game as well yeah and, and they so. could cater to everyone if they're supporting it for 10 years exactly the firefight fans to invasion fans to classic multiplayer fans battle royale mm-hmm. like just i hope they just go mental with it and are like we've done literally everything yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah so so i i yeah i think you know bradley summed up he's excited i'm excited Definitely. yeah I and know. i am excited <clears throat> do you play much invasion jack um i did but to be honest with you i know it sounds really bad but i don't really remember it that much I, i've got a really really selective memory when it comes to halo it's really strange um but, <laughs> but yeah I, dr- I drill so much Apex nowadays. I don't really think about much else. Like it just kind of, <laughs> everything just kind of falls back to Apex for me. Um, Slightly so, yeah. worrying. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, <clears throat> was, there, was there any more news on Halo? No, was that, that, just... that, that was it. I just, um, it, you know, we had yeah. some negative there with the customization. Mm. 
but hopefully there's a silver lining in that maybe they'll get some stuff wrong but yeah you know 10 hopefully there's a lot of cool content on launch and mm. they have 10 years to fix it right if, if exactly. they do mess stuff up um not that i advocate a broken game on launch but <laughs> you know um, just just quickly before we move on because i'm actually going to miss my review today just due to my voice and uh haven't really got a review for you this week so um i'll let you guys jump straight into your reviews in a second but there's something i just need to quickly say um i've actually just received um a message from our guest uh, previously zach and uh, and also another friend who's been mentioned on the podcast before uh, owen uh, and i have to tell you guys because this is news that's just come in this afternoon and you are not going to believe it no it is breaking news and you are not going to believe it what's happened cyberpunk's been delayed again no it has it's official no. i've just i've just read their official page it's been delayed by another 10 days oh my god They've just, Cyberpunk have just posted a, a thing this afternoon saying, uh, I'm not going to read you the whole thing, but basically they posted saying, we feel like it's important to share this information with you. Um, after, this is another delay. Uh, we decided to push the launch day back for another 10 days to 10th of December uh, or something like that. Uh, it's around 10th of December. Uh, and basically, they, you know, just basically they want to work on everything and make sure it's all pristine as it releases. I love how Brad about going gold. Smacked. Oh, yeah, I'm so, this I'm is, so... Well, this is the thing. I just had a message from both <laughs> Owen and Zach. Yeah, it's at the same time saying, "Credit me on the podcast uh, on the podcast for saying this." But I, I, and then they put in quotation marks. It won't go back. It won't be delayed again. It's gone gold. And I was like, I'm going to have to say it on the podcast now. <laughs> oh wow! So Bradley, they have delayed it again. Maybe we jinxed it because Bradley did say. <laughs> okay, did. no, yeah. So the game is in its final state, but because I'm, I'm now reading it, yeah. But they're going to do yeah. it as a day zero patch, so that mm. by the so basically, so you'll never get to play the original disc. Mm-hmm. You have to get that day zero patch. I can't believe they've done this. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that they're, they're literally the first ever company to be like, you know what? We'll push it back. After you going gold to give a day zero patch. Zach actually said on here, oh, imagine they did push it back again after going gold. And you went, they won't, they won't. They won't, <laughs> they won't. Yeah, and now they have. They did it just to spite me. Everybody listens yeah. to this and does things that like, <laughs> like, you know, puts it on Game Pass, delays it another however many days. There's I can't just, believe they've done there's that. There's just a Polish developer who's got something against Bradley. Yeah. <laughs> he's but, but anyways. Back and he's like, oh. So, so it, yeah, he's got a Mac and he's just annoyed at Bradley. Um, but anyway, that seeing as I'm not doing a review, I thought I'd tuck <laughs> that in there for you after, as it's just happened in the last couple of hours. So, uh, yeah, there's some literal fresh news on the day. And oh, now I'll let you do your reviews. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> well, with that bombshell, I'll, I'll, I'll move on to the reviews. Um, so I, I wanted to talk about a game that, bizarrely, I've gone back to in the last two weeks. Um because of the halloween event of all things which again thank you for letting me know that was a thing microsoft um and it did the game is actually for honor which uh this is a game that i always say um like i play so so much of it and it's a game that i always want to go back to but i can never bring myself to do it i feel the Mm. exact same I've yeah. gone back to it a couple of times and I always, I think I will always have a place in my heart for Fortnite. Same. I, 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 I generally, love I, I generally think though it's in the best place it's ever been in. Oh, really? really? Yeah. Oh, I, and that's why I'd say go back and give it, 
give it give it a play my problem um, was that i did everything on console so i had like amazing gear and now i'm on pc and i have nothing and that's why i can't bring myself to go back because mm. i can't start again i hate that feeling of knowing that i had so much on console and then coming yeah. to pc and just being like yeah i'm I'm just a nobody again. <laughs> but I suppose if you started with the new characters, you'd be from scratch on console anyway. Or Rochi till I die. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, so so that was that... Ian or Bradley. So, so this actually <laughs> no, made... it was as well. <laughs> yeah. So this actually made me feel old because I, I, even when I loaded up the game, it says year four, season three. It's crazy. And I'm like, this it. is four years old. Yeah. It's weird. I'm like, what the hell? Because mm-hmm. I, I thought it was year three. And no. then I was like, because I didn't realise all the year three heroes had come out. Yeah, that's what you mean. It kind of like started dropping off our radars and then they they be like were doing less and less for it in terms of publicity. And they just yeah. kind of kept to their own little fans, which was cute, yeah. to be honest. That yeah, they no, kind I, of I, I, I love it, it generally. Because, uh, you know, like I said, I went back to it for the Halloween event. I thought, oh, it'll be fun. And I went back to it because all the DLCs were on sale. Mm-hmm. The, and I already owned the Year One Pass, which gives you the Romanesque characters, the Scottish guy, um, a load of other cool characters. And then I was like, okay, I'll get Marching Fire because I love arcade modes. It's got an arcade mode where you can progress online by playing single player, which right. love love that. Always a fan of when a game lets you do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the year three pass and um, then booted the game up and then I was going for all the heroes and I was like, I have everyone. It's so cool. And then I got <laughs> to the bottom and it was like um, Warmonger and it was locked. And I was like, what? And then I, and then, <laughs> and then I realized you had to pay for her as well. Cause she was like, she's just, you have to pay for her by herself. Right. And she's like seven pounds, but I was like, I've got everything else. Like, you know what? <laughs> I'll just do it. Because I wanted to, I wanted the whole experience, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I spent like it, the DLCs were so cheap because of the sale. So it's not like I spent a lot on this game. Yeah. Um, and I'm so happy I did because each character, even the they've reworked loads of characters that play mm-hmm. so much. Like I used to really like the look of the Centurion, but I could never play him very well. But apparently they reworked him, and I'm a machine with him now. I'm just, oh, I'm, I'm like oh unstoppable. No. He was bad before. <laughs> Please but, don't tell me he's even worse. No, he's great. Uh, no, um, as in like too good. He was so annoying. No, so, Hated so, to so it's weird. He, he, he's not as, um, it was, it was the unstoppables he, every time. No, so the punches. So he's, he's quite easy now to, the thing with the Centurion is if you're, you can't kill as far. I remember when he first came out. You can't kill people as quickly as you used to when it first came out. Right. Okay. Um, so, so if you try that, you're most likely you can run out of stamina when they've still got maybe okay. a quarter health. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do have to be a lot more. They like they reduce the damage as well, which I know a lot of people were mad about. But it Good. makes the it makes the fights a lot more tactical and. Yeah. It gives you so much more chance to, if you're losing, to turn it around. Okay. Um, and and I have to say, like this is just uh, this isn't a review on the on the story mode. It's just literally just the multiplayer aspect because, you know, I I'm, I haven't I haven't touched that. 
But mm-hmm. just from the multiplayer, I've had such a blast. And I'm like a god. Like, I have games where I'm like, <laughs> how am I so good at this game? And, and, that, that and, was me. And I've been playing all the characters. There's like, oh, I have to think how many there are. There's like 20, maybe 30-something characters. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the exact number. Um, but I, I think they all play really well because I've, I've been playing them all, like different different times and stuff. And and I have to say, they're all so fun and so unique and have their own like gimmicks. And I don't know, there's just something about the game where I'm like, I feel like it's in the best state it's been in. And I just was... I remember getting really frustrated with it years ago, but now I've just been having, even when I've been losing, like, because I don't know if you guys ever played the Breach game mode. No. Oh my God. It, I love, but it's so hard, but the defenders defend a castle and the attackers right. have a gate and have to get through the castles and there's an outer Ooh. gate, an inner gate, and then a commander that you have to kill who's like a boss. Okay. And so, so you have to defend the gates if you're defending and defend the commander uh, and destroy the ram. And if you're attacking, you have to protect the ram and get it through and then kill the commander. That sounds pretty awesome. And I absolutely, like, I love it. It's so fun. And it feels like, because there's, you know, loads of NPCs. And if you remember in the campaign, they had, like, little lieutenants with, like, health bars who, like, fought yeah. with, like, real humans. And, like, they're in the game mode as well. And it just feels so, it feels like you're on a battlefield and you're like the key soldiers that are, are holding this down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I just, I don't want to ramble on about, about this game for too much because there's not actually a lot to say. I just think it's in one of the best places it's ever been in. And all the characters feel unique, feel like they are good, feel like you can play them and they're all viable. Uh, Warmonger is a bit ridiculous, the, the new hero. Um, OP or underpowered? Well, she, no, she, so in, in the right hand, she's OP. If the player doesn't know how to use her, she's quite easy to take down. But in a so lot of ways... high skill cap type thing. Yeah, kind of. I guess if you just learn the moves. I don't know her moves, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I guess that's why I'm a bit rubbish with her. But to me, every time I... Because my favourite is the Warden. I love the Warden. Classic. He's, the bread he, and butter. Classic. Yeah. The bread and butter. And, and <laughs> he is though. It is just the warden. Yeah. He he got reworked. Uh, like he did. Two and or he's, three. And he's, he was he's, so much more viable. He's so good. He's I, honestly, I can play him and get easily like sixteen eliminations a game. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's like, he's like once you you learn his loop of like cancels. He's he's so hard to predict. Yeah, I, right. he's great. And, and but the but the thing, the problem I found is I don't know if I just kept coming up against really good um, players uh, who were playing as um, I'm trying to think what her name. Apollita is the woman from the story she's based on, but she's called the. I said it earlier. Um, Warmonger. Warmonger, yeah. But mm-hmm. sometimes, at least in players who are good, she feels like a better warden. Right. Okay. And I'm kind of like, every time I came up against her as the warden, she kicked my ass. <coughs> it's it weird that you get, Chris, you do get matchups, don't you? Am I, am yeah, I wrong in thinking this? Because I can't remember. Is she the character with the sword and shield with the crown? No, that's Who's uh, that? Black Pryor. That's, yeah, that's, oh, the, that's Black Pryor. Black, Black Pryor is awesome. I like Black Pryor. But she, yeah. do you remember the main story? The chick yeah. with the giant greatsword with the black, the main bad woman. 
Vaguely, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's yeah, like yeah. the final big boss yeah. of the game. It, Spoilers. It's basically, <laughs> it's basically a, a, a load of women have donned her identity and are trying to carry on her legacy. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, they basically look exactly like her. And I mean, there's customization, so you can change it so you don't look exactly like her, but the base looks exactly like her. And she's brutal. And I was playing a match with her earlier, actually. And I do really like her. And one of her executions, she twists them around and puts her hand, because her, her, her gauntlets have got like claws, like they're like sharp. Ooh. And she puts her hand straight through their abdomen, straight out the other side of their body. <laughs> and then rips it out. And it's like, oh, God. And, and this is something I have to talk about. There's so much customization in this game now after four years. It oh, blew my mind. Like for each character, for all these different characters, there's just so much stuff. And I, every time I get like a, a, a good amount of credits, I just don't know what to buy. That's <laughs> yeah, how much option. I remember. And I'm looking at it all and I'm like, oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. That's really cool. And it, for the first time ever in a game, I have customized my characters in all three slots to look different in all three slots because there's oh, that really? much option. Yeah. <laughs> like my warden, I have three different skins and he looks completely different and mm-hmm. I love all three of them. Oh. And How I'm do you like, choose which one to use? Well, I have, to, I have my classic one, which is like a slightly improved version of the original design I had like right. from, from the originally playing it because mm-hmm. that to me is like, classic um then i have one that is like sauron inspired with like a crown (laughs) of like spikes on his head and black plate mail and and he looks like this emo amazing dark lord (laughs) and then my third one is this more fantasy-esque opened helmet uh winged uh on the side golden plate armor with he just looks like a, a a crazy fantasy knight (laughs) <laughs> and they've really embraced like um if you want to you can make a lot of the characters look very fantasy-esque okay and some of the new executions are some of them are absolutely ridiculous but they're really entertaining uh, but some of them are just amazing and they're so cool uh like one of them that's ridiculous that i love is one of the characters can pull out a giant hammer and then he yeets them and if you're near a cliff, he just like yeets them off a cliff. <laughs> uh, and another one that's ridiculous, but I also love, is the enemy goes to run away and you close your fist and bring your arm down and all the characters can get this one. And a catapult fires in and squishes them. Oh. Uh, and, and, but even then, like you don't, they're like silly kind of fun ones, but there are like executions that are just like... Like the level of detail that Ubisoft have gone to because they mo-capped them and you can watch behind the scenes of them mo-capping them. And mm-hmm. oh my God, some of the executions. Like I'm not like, I, I, I do quite enjoy the blood and guts sort of stuff. But even some of them for me, I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, just like let him die. Like, <laughs> stop savaging him so much. <laughs> but I, I won't talk about it too long. I just wanted to say I've been having a blast with it. If you're on the fence, like I'd definitely say buy it on a sale. You'll have a really good time with it. They show no signs of stopping support. And and because it's been out for four years, I'm not adverse to, to buying a, a cosmetic. Like I, I know we rag on microtransactions, 
But it, for me, if it's been out for four years and they're still supporting it, it yeah. it's almost a way of, of, of showing, giving the developer something, right, to carry on development. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when I'm on board for it because I'm like, I, I don't want them to stop for this game. I, I don't want a four on a two. Just keep throwing us more great content and more characters and more cool stuff. And I might yeah, uninstall it. But... <coughs> I completely agree with you. And you know what? I, I actually, just listening to you talk, you've made me so excited about that game again. Yeah. Like, from how much I used to enjoy it, I'm going <laughs> to um, I'm going to have my Xbox on after, and I'm going to download the update for it. Because oh, awesome. mine's still installed. Mine's still installed. Uh, I just haven't updated it. My, my, my recent update. <laughs> I think though you've only months. got three days left of the Halloween event where everyone's yeah. dressed. It's like, all right. I don't think we're bothered about the Halloween. Oh, it's <laughs> I'm not too fussed about that. No, no yeah. Just we're, like we're just, we just we just missed the game. We just missed dominating. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do. Do you know if they do crossplay? I don't, unfortunately. But if not, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to, mine's re- already installed, so I just need yeah. to update it. But, um, right, but yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll jump on it soon. It'll be awesome. Yeah. I'll be really out of touch for a while, uh, for the well, first little while. Fair, yeah, you'll have you... to re because they changed the Orochi. Not a no lot. No way. Yeah, no. not a lot. He's he's Jack, do you know what? I actually like him more now than I ever did. Oh, yes. He's less spammy. I'm definitely. Yeah. And more, more <laughs> actual, like, switch-ups and stuff. Rather he's than a lot of dodge up, and up, a lot of side up, strafing. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, we should definitely get Zach to get it on uh, on a discount as well. Oh, it'd be so fun. Uh, I wonder if he has it. I can't remember if he already has it, but I'll find out. But yeah, I mean, so that that's my review for Four on a Year Four. Uh, I I still I think you know it's best place it's been in. It's just a, a hell of a, a good little time, and that's coming from someone who wasn't actually that into the game when it first came out. Um, Which is funny because me and Jack were. <laughs> and we're I, loved yeah. so, I loved it so much when it came out. And mm-hmm. and I just think if you do play it, Jack, I, I'd, I'd quite like to just hear like your brief thoughts, like see mm. if you agree or see if definitely. you disagree. Yeah, definitely. Comes back uh, next uh, week yeah. and he's like, never been worse. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, don't listen to anything Chris says. <laughs> toxic players everywhere. <laughs> but uh, I think you'll, just last thing I'll say, I think you'll be surprised because I was surprised how good I was like going back into it. Like, yeah, sure. I was like, how last I... time I did that, last time I did that with For Honor, I felt the same way. And it was a while back, but I hadn't played it in like years. And then I went back to it and I was like, I'm still pretty good considering I haven't played in this long. I mean, don't get me wrong. Every now and then you get a game with clan kids and they just like. You get dominated, <laughs> yeah. Demolish you. But yeah. when you get randos, you, you have good games, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so that's my For Honor review. Woo! Okay, so. I'm going to be doing my review this week on the recently released Pokemon DLC, the Crown Tundra. So I'm going to do like a brief intro because I haven't actually spoken about Pokemon. Um, So what Pokemon is this? So this is the latest generation. This is Sword and Shield. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, so they released Sword and Shield in November last year, 2019, I'm pretty sure. And normally what they do is they release uh, a whole new game but with like new features, it's so strange. And like, it's the only game I've ever heard do this, but they normally re-release the game with new features. So for example, they released Sun and Moon and then they, uh, I think it was two years later, they released Ultra Sun and Moon. And it basically had the DLC is what we'd call it, like normal people, 
<laughs> but essentially you had to replay the whole game because it was a separate thing which i just found so bizarre as, as the way they did it but now they finally jumped onto what you know normal developers do and they released dlc for the right. first time ever which is just like everybody was like okay <laughs> like how did it take to 2020 to get dlc instead of a whole new game um but yeah it, i was like really happy about that so uh, just quickly what it. are you playing this on pc or no switch so ah. pokemon is, is a switch exclusive so i, I was actually going to talk about that so i'd actually never played a pokemon game full stop excluding go but i feel like everybody's played go um but yeah so i never played a mainline pokemon game at all and then i asked for a switch uh, last year for christmas and i was like right i, I want to get um a switch and i want to play pokemon because it feels like a game i'd really enjoy and i did i absolutely loved sword and shield i got sword um and Alexa got shield so that because there's exclusives that's part of pokemon is like trading yes. kind of yeah activity. so i made sure that like we got different ones i wanted sword anyway and she wanted shield so it worked out but yeah i loved it i love like first ever pokemon game and i was like so addicted and obsessed with it because of what <laughs> it is like pokemon is it just triggers everything i love um and i have like well over like 220 hours in the game now <laughs> which like that's what i mean for a switch game as well like i literally i've got like that on my switch and that's about it i think that's more than i have in dragon age inquisition (laughs) i spent half the time breeding pokemon as well (laughs) it's just like but like anyway so as i was like a first time experience like i said i absolutely like loved it it was you know it was amazing to me to have this experience of, of pokemon and um, but people aren't actually very happy with the game. They don't like the game as much as they kind of should, if that makes sense. So oh wow! Like, okay. Pokemon as a as a you know as a franchise, I think it's the highest grossing franchise of all time. Oh um, really? Like, you know, from movies, merchandise, um, obviously the games. That is the highest grossing franchise as a as a media. Um, so they have like huge funds, but people. I kind of like annoyed with them with how they dealt with this game because the there's loads of like little things that it's just like for the highest you know grossing franchise it shouldn't happen so like the graphics are actually quite poor for what they could be even though it's a switch game they could be better if that makes sense yeah like uh you know there's other switch games out there have shown that the graphics are quite bad in comparison yeah i, I mean um, can't you get like um skyrim and like doom on, on the switch like stuff like that like yeah yeah they don't run like good. fantastically but again it's showing what it's capable of it's capable of more than what uh the graphics which the graphics pretty much haven't changed since the ds like the ultra sun and moon or sun and moon um, right and the ds and that's where people were like really annoyed is they pretty much haven't changed anything the models are essentially the exact same um, and obviously they have all these funds and they're not doing anything with them. So we, they're kind of treated like an indie company and that's why people get annoyed because yeah. they are definitely not an indie company. They're huge. They're part of this huge, huge like cash cow and they're just not showing that. So like, you know, it's, it's just things like that. The graphics are bad. Uh, we didn't have access to all the Pokemon, like, which has been a thing throughout all previous games. So why suddenly can we not uh, have access to all the Pokemon? And then it was like poorly programmed AI. So the like, if there's any ever like AI in the game, they're pretty awful. They're really, right. they're really just 
so so stupid so i don't know whether you know much about pokemon but pokemon's a a turn-based game where the kind of key thing is uh typings it's called so yeah Yeah, i was a huge pokemon fanboy oh okay so you know so jack if you don't know you have a type with your pokemon and uh the enemy will obviously have its its type and your type will either be better you know kind of normal with it or it will be worse so you have basically type advantages so uh, an easy one to understand is water is better than fire yeah so like water will uh do a super effective attack is called on a fire type so that's how typings kind of work that like that's kind of logical yeah like water is fire is weak to water is what you'd say so Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how pokemon work but like the ai will just do some stupid things (laughs) <laughs> like and sometimes you need to rely on the ai and why it's so frustrating um but yeah i'll, I'll talk a bit more about because that kind of comes back in the dlc and they they have never fixed it and it's really frustrating <laughs> how they've just never fixed it so that's kind of my b- brief intro into just like that the like my experience with pokemon for the first time and um yeah so now i've played both so they actually released two dlcs um which neither of them are very long they're I mean, I, I completed both of them in around two, three days, but there is, a, there is some more extras you can do. And I'm very efficient in the way I complete things, <laughs> which comes into the kind of obsessiveness of it. Um, but I really enjoyed it again. And it's coming from a person that this is still my first time. I'm like a kid, you know, this is like my first ever experience yeah. with Pokemon. And so I don't have these expectations that people have, but so to me, Pokemon is about obsessively completing the Pokedex uh, catching everything challenging fights that make me think about like type matchups like i've said uh, and getting the strongest pokemon and the crown tundra the latest dlc still checks all these boxes for me so it gives me a new area to explore it gives me more pokemon to catch uh, there's probably about 100 more for me to like to get that's, that's a As, good chunk yeah that's what i mean so that like in total there's probably around like just over a thousand i'd say and in the base game we only got 400 and then we got an extra 100 from the first DLC and an extra 100 from the second DLC. So we're probably still only around half of the max amount, which is why people are still annoyed. Yeah. Because um, obviously they have Pokemon that they absolutely love from previous games and they're not in there. Like a Pokemon that I like is Piplup. And Piplup is still not in there. Oh, is he the water guy? He's the little penguin. He's so yeah, adorable. Yeah. You could pick him in... Uh... Four. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, he was a starter, and he's not in. He's he's still not in. So, and there's loads that aren't, and that's kind of like why people are, are getting annoyed. They have these Pokemon they love, and they've always been able to have them in their game. But there's no way to have him like to have them those Pokemon at all. So, um, in previous games, you can still transfer him from other games. Now it's completely right. blocked if it's not available in the game. Oh, that's a shame. Why, exactly, which is why people are kind of annoyed with them saying. So there's this whole thing called Dexit which is a playoff of Brexit. Right. <laughs> so Dexit is, is like the Pokédex, like not being its fullest, it's left, yeah? So it's Dexit. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's why people are annoyed. They can't have their, like, their Pokémon. And the DLCs have kind of like helped with that, but they haven't fixed that. But like I said, this is my first game. So having 500 things to catch was fine by me. You know, I've already put in 220 hours. I don't really need to put in another 200 to get the other 500. But um, but like I said, most of it was breathing anyway. It only took Though you kind of want to. It, yeah, I do. That's the problem. It's so addictive. <laughs> so 
so yeah, it ticked all these boxes. And um, the, the highlight of the DLC for me is called um, Max Raid Adventures. So we've had uh, Max Raid in the games before, uh, like in the base game, sorry. And this time they have this thing called an adventure, which is basically a mini, mini RPG, <laughs> like really tiny in the game. And what you do is you can team up with uh, four friends in real life to catch legendary Pokemon. And obviously the lure of legendary Pokemon is, is like intense. You know, you want legendary Pokemon, especially when you've been catching uh, all of these crappy Pokemon that you see everywhere. You want these legendary Pokemon. So it's, it's a really good um, kind of uh, pull to doing it. So you need to go through what's called a den where your health and your PP. So PP being your moves, you can only use a move a certain number of times. Yeah. So your health and your PP don't regen uh excluding if you have any sort of items or abilities that help with that um and you can only take in one pokemon each time but they give you this pokemon which i was kind of a bit miffed about at first i was like oh this like so what was the point of me breeding this perfect pokemon for you to then say i can't take it in you're gonna give me one instead but i actually now like it because it adds to the um kind of challenge of it right it means that I can't just take in my like level 100 legendary that's like amazing and smash through everyone. I have to take in something that they give me, which is normally pretty average. Right. So it actually works out really well. Um, I think they could have balanced it a bit better where they kind of reduce your power rather than just saying, here's a new Pokemon you've never heard of. Yeah. Or, or maybe no. they could have given the players the option. Yeah, that's what I mean. So it's like... Um, I think that it would have been better to just reduce your power over just completely say you don't, all those Pokemon you collected are irrelevant. Here's random you know, Pokemon you have no attachment to, but you know, that's besides the point. So along the way you will choose, you choose fights. So there's four fights in total and you choose fights depending on um, where you want to go in the path. And it will tell you in each fight, it won't tell you who you're going to fight, but it will tell you their type or one of their types, if they're uh, dual type. And basically along the way, you can kind of c- kind of selectively manage where you want to go. So you, so a lot of the time uh, you want to pick up an item on the way because you can see that the people that give out items. So you'll try and aim for a path that will deal with that. Or you'll say, okay, I'm really good for this, but we need to pick up uh, you know, a fire type so that we can kill the ice type legendary at the end with a lot more ease. Does that make sense? So you're kind of like, you have to manage in your head where you want to go, picking up everything like as much as possible while also getting yourself um, a a good Pokemon on the way because each time you win a fight, you're allowed to take that Pokemon with you, but only obviously one of the party members can do it. So it's this really cool like mini, mini RPG that we're actually having a lot of fun with. But the problem is the AI are still there. So the poorly programmed AI will be present if you don't have enough friends, which sounds like a good thing having, you know, two extra. So I play with one other person and there's two people that are AIs that will, you know, help along the way. And it sounds like a good thing. And you're like, oh, okay, it's better than just kind of the two of us. But basically you only have four lives throughout the whole thing. So in each of these four fights, none of these lives regen and they're shared between all four players. So essentially oh everyone can die once. And this is where the challenge comes in because these AI <laughs> will make the stupidest decisions. <laughs> and, and you just sit there and you're like, 
I have failed again, thanks to the AI. <laughs> Basically, you'll get to like the last fight and the AI will have like a super effective move that it can use, but it will choose to use like a status move that fails <laughs> and, and, and cannot be used for some for whatever reason. It will try and use something that doesn't work and it will repeatedly do it instead of actually using its super effective move. And you're just sitting there like, dying inside and in the game <laughs> while they're just not helping at all and then they die and you're like oh brilliant and then you like literally we, we've had so many that we get to the end and then you know we, we've managed to save our lives and then they just they just do nothing for the whole fight and they die like two three times but because there's two AIs, if they both die twice yeah, you're right. out yeah so you could die zero times and you're still kicked out and then you don't get to, to catch the legendary and this is literally just my biggest, biggest problem with, with that system is the AI. It, it, they just need to be fixed. They're, they're just incredibly stupid for what they should be. And it's, it's just embarrassing, really. Uh, like, uh, I can't explain how embarrassing these AI are. But yeah, it just is so frustrating. But for the DLC as a whole, I have enjoyed my time with it and with the, the main game. And... I know that I'm going to be going back and I mean, we've been playing it today and I will just be catching those legendaries. I will just be constantly going through till I have every single legendary and I have a little, a little box full of legendaries. Like you mad collector. That's what I mean. It's just so addictive and that's what it preys off. Do do they still go to the virtual Pokemon farm? (laughs) No. Storage. No. Oh no, no, they don't. We just have boxes like, I don't, I don't wow. know. This is what I mean. There's so much I missed in because I haven't played any of the old games, and um, I know quite a bit about like all the pro- Pokemon and stuff that I haven't seen because um, I've watched all the movies now as well because I got yeah. like super into it last year. So we decided to watch all the movies. Yeah, I love those um, old movies. They're so fun. They're just like you just sit down, and you just watch them, and just have fun with them. But yeah, I, I, I literally this. This game, I can see. The, my last point was, um, I never expect to have much like fun in this game, and then I ended up enjoying it like immensely. But people expect more from it who have played previous games, and yeah. I think looking at it like objectively, like without my love of the game, they are completely in their right to do so. So. Of Overall, I would say if you enjoyed the base game, 100% get the DLC. If you were you know, angry with the base game, you, you miff with them, you think, oh, I hate all these problems, I wouldn't bother. But, I mean, it's reasonably priced, to be honest, as well. Um, I picked it up off of CD Keys for £21 for both. So it's like £10 each. Um, that's, that's, that's really reasonable. Exactly, and I've had like three straight days of playing it, and I'm going to be having a lot more making because they added fifty legendaries to those to those max raid adventures. So I'm going to be doing that fifty times. <laughs> the problem is obviously as well is the AI make you fail, so it's going to be more than fifty times. Um, so maybe they did that on purpose just to add longevity, you know, just yeah, to maybe. just to keep you going back. But I mean, if I had four friends, you'd just be able to to do it a lot. Yeah, easier. you'd be fine. But I don't unless you had like one. a stupid friend. It was like, oh, oh it's probably. a rock type. I'll use electricity. <laughs> it's so true, though. You just, uh, it's, it's the AI. It's, it's just the AI. <laughs> I've had an AI that has buffed the enemy before. 
I'm not joking. He he used a move called acupressure and he buffed the enemy. And I sat there and I was like, did he just buff the enemy? You're like, yeah, yeah, I think he did. And you're just like, oh, I love these guys. They're so smart. Clearly they're too smart for us. Oh, that's but, amazing. Yeah, you just, you just, you're at a disadvantage. I said, I wish that we just had the option of not taking them in because then we would be more vulnerable. So it's not like it's unbalanced because obviously uh, we'd be more likely to be the target. But no, that you can't, you have to take in the air. They even ask you, they say, oh, there's not enough players. Are you happy to, for us to give you um, AI players? And you have to say yes. If you say no, it, it won't let you go in. You have to basically sign your contract to say that I'm okay with these awful AI. But yeah, I would highly recommend um, Pokemon Sword and Shield for anyone who like, who especially if you've never played a Pokemon game and you're someone who loves kind of collecting games and, and I don't know, just that kind of sit back, relax and just catch Pokemon type thing. Yeah, and mad breeding. Mad breeding. Oh, I've spent, I would say over <laughs> half my time has been breeding Pokemon. Just, <laughs> I, I love just getting perfect IV Pokemon because it's just, it's just so satisfying. I don't do it for like uh, shinies or anything. I did at one point, but and I gave up with that because it just, that, that's a game that doesn't pay off. I do it because uh, Pokemon have their hidden stats. So you, you can see once you reach the end of the game, you can see these hidden stats. And I oh, realized yeah. that all of my Pokemon had really bad hidden stats. And I was like, right, well, I'm breeding a perfect team. And then it doesn't stop there. You're like, I kind of like this Pokemon. I'm going to breed a perfect version of this Pokemon. And that can take like anywhere from 20 minutes to like two, three hours to breed a perfect Pokemon. And I'm sitting there like like a madman breeding all these perfect Pokemon. And then I'm asking Alexa, like, oh, any Pokemon you like? And I'm like, I'll breed it for you. <laughs> it just became, I literally, I spent like, probably about 100 hours just breeding pokemon like a crazed lunatic i don't know why you made them hump and then you put them back in the box literally i feel so sorry for them (laughs) they just they i send them off with a ditto (laughs) who just copies them he's a really weird fake form of them and then i let them do their business and i take all the eggs and then eventually i get a perfect pokemon and i'm like wow you're you're amazing and then the other ones get like thrown away (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's mad really wow that's great pokemon's a weird place <laughs> yeah when you actually think about it it's quite messed up isn't it oh god yeah yeah they especially like the mainland games you're making these animals essentially fight you know like it, that's not something you should be doing but yeah pokemon's weird but i love it and yeah it's, like it's great a recent love that a part of me is like i wish i'd got into it sooner but then a bigger part of me is like I'm really, really glad I got into it like later because I can enjoy it more now. Yeah. And as a kid, I probably would have got too bored with the pacing because it's quite yeah. slow. Whereas now I can enjoy it for what it is, even though it's probably more targeted towards kids. As a kid, I was very much into like FPSs and really high octane games. Whereas now mm. I can like enjoy it more. You've but, slowed yeah. down in your old age, Bradley. Yeah, I have. I have. And now I'll just sit on the switch playing pokemon for hundreds of hours (laughs) (laughs) oh god so yeah Yeah. that is my pokemon the crown tundra review cool well um we haven't uh we we sort of have a a, an interesting little segment this isn't uh, a crazy big one 
we were just we wanted to do something in the vein of our other segments where we have a look back. Mm-hmm. So we we've come up with a new segment called Greatest Moments, and this is as it says on the tin uh, a specific greatest moment in your memory to do with gaming. Mm-hmm. So our greatest moment for um, this episode um, is the, the greatest opening, like the greatest ever video game opening in your mind, the video game opening that sticks with you. And as soon as you think start of the game, what immediately hits you in the brain and you go, Jesus, that was good. So who wants you know- to go first? <clears throat> I don't want to go first. And the reason I say <laughs> that is because I've been rattling my brain about this because this is this is going to really frustrate me because I know for a fact that there is there is ones out there that I can't think of and mm-hmm. I'm desperately I'm scouring same. my brain yeah. going, there must be ones out there that I have gone, oh my God, that was the best opening ever. Like what a great start to a game. So I kind of want to hear yours like first because it might spark memories of mine. And mm-hmm. I'm still rattling my brain for an answer, to be honest. So, Chris, you you came up with this, yeah. So, I think I think you should you should kickstart <clears throat> us off. Yeah. What, okay. Cool. What, what did you have in mind when you came up with this question? Well, well I'm not going to lie. I, I went back and forth a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, it's all right. We can talk about a few. So, yeah. So what, I, I mean, what were you considering? I, I, well, Assassin's Creed Two. Yes, that is. Uh, <laughs> I had that as well. It was something that popped in my brain straight away. But the reason this really, really came to me was because I was actually thinking about um, the... I was looking at the master, the, the Mass Effect remaster. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I was laying in bed and the opening of Mass Effect 2 just came <laughs> to me. Mm-hmm. And I think without a doubt, like it's tough because there's so many great video game openings. Like I think there's hundreds, like I could probably name, but for me, Mass Effect 2 just hits home and shook me as a kid so badly that when I think about it, I just, I I can just remember playing it and being gobsmacked, like staring at the screen wide eyed, like what the hell? Cause Mm -hmm. I'll give you some context for when I played it. I'd spent, I'd done about 50 playthroughs of Mass Effect. I loved Mass Effect. Mass Effect was amazing. I just transferred all my story decisions, all my character stuff, the way my ship had looked over to Mass Effect 2, yeah? Yep. Started playing it. Everything's run of the mill. (laughs) Um, You know, your ship's out in space. You're investigating Mm -hmm. missing colonists. um, And, you, you know, your love interest, whoever you chose, is there. For me, it was Liara. Uh, and uh, the rest of your crew, they're Liara all Liara to Sony. Yeah, yeah, that's who it was I... mine too. Yeah, I love Liara. Liara was my first love, I think. <laughs> like in real life. That's so weird. Oh, that was mine too. We're I like think it's, re- kind of... it's really pathetic and sad, but... Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, yeah, hot, sexy, blue space alien lady. <laughs> but... It's so but, weird. But yeah, so... So it's really, really tense, beautiful opening because the, the Normandy is this amazing advanced ship and you're going through space towards this planet where the colonists are missing. And mm-hmm. out of nowhere, you get attacked by the collector ship and yep. it attacks you. It starts shooting. People are dying. People you remember from the first game are dying, flying in the air, getting hit. Uh, people are running for their lives. Shepherds manically trying to, to get through. 
you get everyone on the escape pods and it's really intense because like i say everything these laser beams are coming through and people you know and care about from the first game are dying or even just the you know the npcs that you remember like who had a few lines are dying and you're like oh no Mm -hmm. and because you played it 50 times even though they had like three lines you remember them quite well right yeah and uh and then you go through this whole thing you get all your squad mates off the ship and everything's okay and there's this really tender moment with liara and shepherd um which you know it, it is a bit sort of cheesy come back to me uh and and basically it it's really amazing because it sets up a, a lot of the early part of the game straight away because joker who's your pilot refuses to leave the ship because because mm-hmm. the ship is his love and it's getting torn apart and, and he's the only one not an escape pod so as shepherd you have to fight your way through the wreckage through all the fires through all the explosions and then you get onto the bridge and you're in your armor which is obviously vacuum sealed yeah and then as you touch the door onto the bridge it opens up and you're in space and Mm -hmm. suddenly the breathing gets really tight and you can hear shepherd breathing going (gasps) (sighs) (sighs) and he's and you're walking really slow because you're in zero g Mm-hmm. He's walking across the bridge, like, and you're looking out through the destroyed top of the ship, through the energy shields, at the collector ship blowing up the Normandy as you're slowly walking towards the bridge. Yeah. And then as you get to the bridge, Joker's at the controls and he's in a pressurized bit, so there's oxygen. So you get there and it goes back to normal. And then you manage to get him in the escape pod and everything's exploding and it's really stressful and it's really manic. And then Joker gets off in the escape pod, but you get caught in the blast and Shepard dies. Mm-hmm. And boom. And I was just like sitting there as a kid and I was like, what did I just witness? What is happening? Like mm-hmm. I was just, my mind was one, because it was beautiful. That whole sequence when you're going through the, 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 the exposed to space bit is with the slow breathing. It's, it's like, it's the most cinematic opening mass effect has ever had. It felt like a movie and then commander Shepard dying. And, and then, then being like Cerberus pumped trillions into um, these surgeries to bring him back to life. And then mm-hmm. that even feeds into mass effect three and two where it's never really told what Shepard is. Is he, was he truly brought back? Was there part of him still intact? Is he a clone? Like it's never really sort of um, fully explained. It's left quite ambiguous. And, and then that's the opening as well. And it it just, it's quintessential sci-fi and quintessential mass effect. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like ridiculous, like the whole prospect of him coming back to life, but it never feels ridiculous. The way they execute it is so believable that you never, that you, you look at it on paper and you think that's ridiculous, but the execution in the game, you don't second guess it for, for a heartbeat. And it's such a punchy opening after the end of the first game that it, it's just, when I think of openings, that's like, I just described it to you so vividly because I can, picture everything about it in my mind so yeah sorry i rambled for and that's why i wanted you to go first 
<laughs> because <laughs> I, that that has given me some context as to what sort of how how there's got to be a game out there that I feel that way about the start of, and I'm trying to rattle my brain for an answer. <laughs> also, I may have cried a little bit when you see Liara devastated because Shepard's died. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was that much. Can we can we just go back quickly to when you said about Assassin's Creed Two? I don't even remember the start of that game. Baby I thought the st- Yeah, when you oh baby Ezio, yeah, where you have to do the weird like yeah, <laughs> and then oh yeah, well, I'm not so much talking about that. I was, I'm in the moment where you race your brother, and then you hear you Ezio. Punch, you oh, fight. just after the don't theme for the first time. And then it zooms out over Florence and he says, we'll always be family. And then it plays that beautiful Ezio theme and Mm. it zooms up and the eagle goes over the top and it's Mm. like, mwah. (laughs) See, I'm uh, Bradley, go on. You go next, please. (laughs) Someone, someone see if they can guess what I'm going to say. Yes. Should we be able to guess then? Yeah. I think I honestly I think it could be anything with you, Bradley. I'm tr- yeah, I'm drawing a blank. I'm not gonna lie. Bioshock Infinite. Oh, oh yeah, that's a good one. Uh, and and this is something that we should all know because we all you know you. Oh my it. god! We've yeah, the about this recently as well. So yeah. rowing to the Boat. to the lighthouse mm. with having no in the like especially because yeah. I made you two go blind as well and so then you having, don't know anything yeah exactly and having this this lack of knowledge and then you go to the lighthouse and it, it's so so atmospheric and mm. didn't you say that you kind of just walked around for a bit we did to, for yeah. ages yeah i didn't want to miss anything important exactly just because and then when you sit in the chair at the top but it's just all so weird and great and, and, and then and then you lift off and then you you hit that peak and it hallelujah and it's just like oh it gives me chills and then you see columbia for the first time and Mm. i was even now that i am just blown away every single time um that you get to see columbia in in that way and then you're floating through the sky and then when you land and you land in that church and oh my god that oh the church bit's amazing it's so good and the the music is playing like they're singing like gospel uh, in the background and it's just Oh, it's a beautiful opening to be fair isn't it? it it's got to be mine just it sets the game up the, doesn't it exactly it sets the game up and um i always say that overwatch is my favorite game of all time but when i went to replay that when we were talking about it like so when are you sure overwatch is your favorite game of all time because i was like sitting there with the yeah, biggest the grin on my face yeah. and i was like shaking with excitement with the, just it, it's just so good it's just such a good opening mm. Yeah, yeah I can... so it would have to be that for me. But like you said, Jack, there's so many that I'm like, the... oh, there's, yeah. there's got to be another one that I was like blown away uh, with. But yeah, yeah. So, so the problem for me is that I'm gonna I'm gonna hate you after this podcast because I'm gonna come off of the mic and straight away think of one and go, oh, I wish I'd said that because I know <laughs> what's I Ghost of Tsushima games. like. The, the opening is great, but I didn't want to just say that because it was so stereotypical, <laughs> yeah. I would say that. So, no, the opening is great to that. But what I mean is, like, there has been games I've played where, you know, when you do the opening and then the title for the game comes up and you just think, oh, what a great opening that is. There's been so many times that's happened in my life and I just now can't think of them. But so I'm just going to go for one that I remember a game that you you both have played. And I think when I say it, you, you might be a bit shocked and go, actually, yeah, no, that is quite a great start, but probably for a different reason to the reasons you picked. So I would say that the game, that one of the ones that springs to mind as the greatest opening, just because of how kind of 
shocking and fast paced it is the way it throws you is apex legends is apex legends (laughs) Um, no is do you remember the start of far cry 3 yes yes and you're having a great time you're watching the yeah yeah, with his brother video away and then you get kidnapped you're yeah and then the video camera comes away and you're sitting and you're with your you're absolutely terrified and you're with your brother and that and then you have to frantically run through the forest to escape that's good and obviously mm-hmm. that's the first time you see um that was his Zaz, Vaz. Vaz, Vaz, yeah. Yeah. Vaz, yeah. Uh, and, and he was one of my favorite villains in a video game ever like mm-hmm. i loved him so much as a character and i i think far cry 3 was at one point it was definitely my favorite game ever and um it was definitely the best of the far cry franchise in my opinion oh but yeah that for 100%. me that just for me just that start it like when you said to me when i read the question the first it was one of the first ones that come to mind and it's definitely not going to be my favorite opening but it's it's up there because of the sheer shock factor when you start the game and i love how the game makes you feel like an innocent kid at the very start Mm -hmm. and i love the way the game progressively makes you feel like an absolute beast and a warrior like i loved do you remember that bit where you're running away and the first time you you kill that bloke with the knife do you yeah. remember you you have to push it back against him don't you and it's that pure trembling sh- innocent shock factor and it's like you really are just a boy and it's mm-hmm. like it's it's oh, i don't know it was just i remember that 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 moment where you're mm-hmm. watching them have a great time and then they're skydiving and they're you know they're drinking jet skiing and all that and then it's like boom and you're in like a little prison camp and it's like it was absolutely so well terrifying. done mm-hmm. yeah so that, that's the one I'd go for, but I definitely hate this question because I know I'm going to think of other well, ones. Well, if, you, if you have any, um, if, if you have after, a revelation after, after the thought. pod, tell us <laughs> next week. Yeah, it will be a next week thought. You can but have yeah. a little intro. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly that. Cool. So just to recap, mine was Mass Effect 2, Bradley's gone Bioshock Infinite, and <laughs> Jack, you are for well, Far Cry 3. Currently. Unless currently. I think currently, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I they're all fantastic, and we've we've talked about why they're fantastic, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even though Jack's never played Mass Effect, was that description enough to make you go, "Wow, that's pretty cool"? You're you're gonna think this is crazy, Chris, but I've actually watched that intro before um, to the game, and I I where I didn't remember I'd seen it until you was describing it, and I was like, "Oh my god, I remember this!" And yeah, it is fantastic. I I actually. I haven't played Mass Effect, but I don't know why I've watched it, but I have. Um, I think they released it, it as a gameplay clip. Yeah, uh, so you might probably. Have... Yeah. Was there but... a demo for Mass Effect 2? Uh, yes. Oh, yeah, it might have been it's the, the demo. demo. I think yeah. it's the demo. Maybe oh, that's yeah, why I the know demo it. was the opening and the first mission. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there you go, then. That's why I remember it. <laughs> Though just I amazing, man. all that and just play that. But that shows how good your description was because I actually remembered it based on your describing. <laughs> I mean, it's just because I Mass Effect. I think it's difficult because I go back and forth for my favourite game of all time. Right. But Mass Effect Two is definitely it. it it's in competition for my favourite game of all time. Top five. That's what I always do. If I'm yeah. unsure. I think like, I feel like I can never pick a favourite, but it's. Oh. <laughs> but Sorry. You know, I- 
we'll you save that. We'll save the favourite for for yeah. another another time. Another no, time. Yeah. All I was going to say just quickly is that another one, another one that you'll all agree with me on that just sprung to mind just for the fun of it. Do you remember the start of? Because we talked about it earlier, so it is relevant. Do you remember the start of? Uh, I think it's the first. Can't remember if it's the first or second Force Unleashed, but where you start do the first mission as Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the first through, one. Yeah. That oh is yeah, so for everyone. Yeah. Damn, that's, that's a good one though. as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I just and thought it's about so it. emotional when he kills his father and then um, <laughs> yeah. like kills those stormtroopers and then Vader like saves him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a good one, Jack. Yeah. All right, shall we move on to the last part of our show today yeah, then? of course. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been a bit of a quiz whore, and um, I've, <laughs> I've put together another quiz. Um, and to, to be fair, I, I, sort of, I, I was looking at the topics we spoke about today, and I was sort of like, oh, what should I do? And because of my excitement for Ben Affleck's supposed Batman series, I thought I'd do a Batman quiz. Mm. So... Okay. Are you ready for are you ready for the I'm Batman ready. quiz? I am ready. I'm ready. So the first question, I haven't well, I don't know. These might be easy if you know Batman quite well, but they're sort of a mixed bag. Um so the first question is when did Batman first appear in comics? So what year did he appear in, in the real world, right? When was he made? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yep. your options are nineteen thirty nine. Uh, 1942 or 1950? I'm going to go straight out of the bat and say 39. See, I recognise 39, uh, and uh, but I thought that was um, Superman. Like, I can't remember who came first, but I thought Superman came first and that was in 39. So to make it interesting, I'll go with 42. Okay, so Jack is correct. Oh, I knew I said go with <laughs> freaking... But wasn't Superman? But wasn't Superman thirty-eight, or was it thirty-eight and thirty-nine? I feel like they were really close. He, together. he was first, but um, I mean, Superman was first. I don't know the year off the top of my head, but yeah, he was in the thirties. Yeah, right. I think they were literally like a year apart, Bradley. I think that's oh, why that's why thirty-nine as well. Let me have a look. Hold on. Okay, carry on, Chris. It's Marvel who doesn't really enter the picture. Uh, they had yeah. Captain America during World War Two. And then uh, like Iron Man and all that are like 50s characters, aren't they? Spider-Man's like a 50s character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I told you I was right. There you go, Bradley. It's not often 38. Right, but, um, it's 38 with Superman and 39. Uh, wow. <clears throat> Look at you, Jack. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Never thought I'd get that, did you? <laughs> uh, you deserve to get that one. <laughs> okay, so number two was what uh, was Batman's original weapon in the comics? So okay. A is a pistol, B is shark repellent spray, or yeah. C is he uses Robin, the boy wonder, to bludgeon his enemies. So he like picks Robin up and actually like batters his foes with Robin. Because <laughs> he loves a bit of uh, child abuse, doesn't he? Old Batman. I, can't, <laughs> I, can't, I, I, I wouldn't say pistol. But I can't, I can't help but wonder where shark repellent came from. Like, did Chris think of shark repellent, or of all things? Have you never watched the Adam West Batman? Uh, They're dangling off long the time. side of a helicopter, and a shark's going to eat them, 
and he says to Robin, quick Robin, from the utility belt, hand me the black <laughs> shark repellent spray. And he hands him spray. Yeah, see, I knew shark repellent spray was a thing for Batman, but was that his original weapon? It's not a weapon, though. Uh, so... You've never seen Adam West. He's <laughs> full, full effective now. <laughs> uh, what are you going for, Jack? Uh, I don't know. I'll go with one that you don't. You can choose this time. I have no idea, though. It's like, I know he's had shark repellent, but was that his original weapon? He was a detective, so would he have had a pistol? I'm going to go pistol. I'm going to go pistol. That's what I was going to say. I'll just go for the shark repellent then and hope that that was his original. Yeah, so um, Batman actually started off with a pistol. Oh, I said I knew it. I knew it. And that's I, thought what Chris, I, do this to myself. I thought Chris was actually going to say he actually started off by bludgeoning people to death with a robin. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. Um, yeah. But but it's interesting one actually because you know the fact that modern Batman we think of him as being so opposed to guns. Mm. Um, he started he, off with one. He was based on the Spectre, which is a really old uh, comic character, like really old comic character. Um, so he started off with pistols, and there's even uh, I was looking there was a comic strip with him with a Gatling gun, <laughs> and he was Good very detective. much like um, they said he originally he was meant to be this pulp detective, right? Um, and it it wasn't like later that they thought maybe he shouldn't be packing loads of guns considering his family was gunned down, you know? No. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, and, and that's why a lot of the time I sort of, I, I quite like the angle of Ben Affleck's Batman falling back on his role and using guns because mm-hmm. in a way it does pay homage to his, his, his original origins, right? Yeah. Um, but move, moving on to our third question, which Batman actor was um, declared as Fat Man by the director? <laughs> And your options are A, Ben Affleck, B, Adam West, or C, Christian Bale. Can't be be Christian Bale, surely. No, he was... He's absolutely shredded in it. Yeah, Yeah, he's shredded in that. He's a muscle machine. Um, Unless it was ironic. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, like Lil John. He's not little. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, oh, I'm going to go for Adam West. <clears throat> I'm going to go with Ben Affleck because he's thick. You know, he's he got is that, thick. Yeah, he's got that but... thick torso. Okay, so you'll be surprised. Christopher Nolan said this about oh, Christian Bale. No. <laughs> and for a bit of context, it was it's from a ba- an interview that Christian Bale gave. And um, Christopher Nolan had asked Christian Bale to put on a significant, like a huge amount of muscle mass. Uh, and mm. uh, and uh, Christian Bale wasn't big at the time. He'd just done a role where he had to be really small. Mm-hmm. So he tried to bulk and he turned up um, to the first couple shoots and they called him, he's, Christopher Nolan's words to him were, I asked for Batman, not Fat Man. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> um, and, you know, he, he did, during the shoot, worked out like crazy and trimmed yeah. down a bit. Um, but originally he was probably, 
you know, he just he tried to get as big as possible. But if you know anything about putting on that much weight, you have to get really, really big and a bit fat and then trim, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. which, which is if you want to do it quickly, right? Um, so he just said he just he put on too much weight. And then as much as he was really muscular, he had a big belly. So obviously... <laughs> in the final movie he worked out like mad and you see his abs he's he's shredded you know yeah um and you know i I think he's in great shape in all of those movies he is yeah so uh moving on to number four john doe 297 is the online persona of which batman character and your options are a hush um, B, the Joker, or C, Bruce Wayne? Say that again. Read the question again. Right. So I'll, I'll go now. So, so John Doe, 297, mm-hmm. is the online persona of which Batman character? And your options are Hush, the Joker, or Bruce Wayne? Uh, Bradley, do you want to go first or do you want me to? I'm going to go with Hush. Damn it, that's what I was going to go for. <laughs> I'll go with the Joker. Okay, so you're both wrong. It's oh. Bruce Wayne. Oh. And I was really surprised when I read this because I was looking for interesting trivia. Um, and I, I thought, because Joker's used John Doe before. Um, right. Uh, so I immediately would have thought, oh, it's the Joker. And that's why I thought if they know Joker's used the handle John mm. Doe before, it might throw him for a loop. But yeah, apparently it's it was, it was, it was Bruce Wayne's secret online persona. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, which I, I thought was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we'll move on to the last question today. And this one's really interesting. So where did the city of Gotham get its name from? So when when the comic creator made Gotham, where did he get his inspiration? Right. And your options are he had a lucid dream, um, a jewelry shop, or it's based on a English village. Oh. Hmm. Lee. I'm going to go with English Village. Okay. I, I did. I did like the sound of that. Yeah, uh, it sounds I'm, good. Yeah, I'm going to go with a um, lucid dream. Okay. Well, you're both wrong again. No, <laughs> the jewelry shot. So bizarrely, um, Bob Kane, when he was making Batman, he was looking in a, a, a phone book directory, um, right. which for anyone really young, they used to have these giant books. Uh, with contact details for cities, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in America. <coughs> and, um, yeah. oh, it's before our time, but anyway. Um, he was basically just going through this directory and he happened across a jewellery shop called Gotham Jewellery. Right. right. And he just thought that was an awesome name and he gave Gotham it to the city. Jewelry, yeah. Wow. Uh, but there is also, which I didn't know until I was writing this question, there is a village in um, in uh, York in near Yorkshire called Gotham, a little English village. Oh. And it's been there for like a hundred and something years. 
So I was like half right. (laughs) Yeah. So he wasn't inspired by the village. But bizarrely, there is a but little does village called Gotham. And <laughs> the first exists. image when I typed in Gotham, um, Hertfordshire, I think is the closest place to it. When I typed that in, it immediately came up with this picturesque sign of the, you know, like a traditional English village, Gotham, and then a load of village idiots dressed up as um, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was quite hilarious. But yeah, so that's our quiz for today. I, I believe, would, was Jack our winner? Yes. I think I was. Yeah, yeah I absolutely flopped that quiz. <laughs> that's the worst quiz I've had so far. <laughs> episode just, 16 was not my episode. I just realised, with the voice I have at the minute, I wonder if I can do the Batman voice. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Batman's, got, Batman's got a cold a little bit. But... It's how Christian Bale sounded when he did Batman, wasn't it? <laughs> like he had a cold. Oh, well, he, he came on set with a croaky voice and Christopher yeah. Nolan was like, do that again. And he went, no, mate, I'm just unwell. <laughs> I'm just unwell. Uh, well, stay uh... unwell, fat man. <laughs> <laughs> well, have we got any uh, closing thoughts? No, I don't have any closing thoughts. Other than, other than that going gold clearly doesn't mean anything to anyone anymore. Oh, I wish you hadn't brought that up. I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so internally angry at um, CD Projekt Red. Just like lying about going gold. They're not lying. It's literally just no, the fact yeah, that yeah. they've had to delay again. Like, uh, you can only use the, this is going to be the best game it can be excuse like three times, you know, before it's like, <laughs> this is Tired. this is a timing issue. You know, there's something, the planning <laughs> clearly isn't working. There's something quite wrong with your schedule here. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, um, no, yeah. <laughs> apart from that, get well soon, Jack. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully, you're fine and don't like you know, yeah, next week I'll be fine, I'm sure. <laughs> By next I- podcast, anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, right. that's goodbye from us, guys. See you yeah. later. See you later. See you later.